It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, this is Jay Harwood's the latest edition of Amazing Conversation with Sarah Langs. Sarah, we've never met before. I've admired your work from afar. I've been doing stats all my life, 40 years. I'm just simply amazed some of the stuff you come up with. My good friend George who works here came up with two things in the World Series list. You're right after Nola lost a no-hitter. You came out with a thing. The third pitcher in MLB history to be on bad end of two no-hitters. In the other one, the Astros had 11 consecutive no-hitters innings in a row. You came out seconds later. They tied the 1939 Yankees. But let's even do that. I mean, how do you do that? First of all, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I am blown away. I was, you know, to even get the email and hear that you want to speak to me. It's I, my honor. I grew up a Mets fan. I've known who you are for so long. And, you know, yeah, I'm me, all you, yeah. to meet you this way is absolutely amazing. But to answer your question, I mean, you know, you know, having worked in PR and stats, that it's all about sort of anticipating what's going to be the next storyline. So when that was going on during that uh, no-hit bid, an eventual no-hitter by the Astros against the Phillies in the World Series, once it kind of became clear (laughs) that the Phillies really didn't have a chance that night, I started thinking ahead of what those potential notes might be. And that one about Nola being on the losing end, and of course the other being the combined no-hitter by the Mets earlier in the year in 2022. That one had actually come up the year prior, I believe, in 2021 with uh, Zach Plezak and the Cleveland Guardians. And so I remembered that, and a lot of what you do in this industry, as you know, kind of builds on itself. So a lot of the things that I've researched over the years, and I haven't been doing this all that long, but even still, you have a memory of what you've looked up. And I remembered, oh, it's the Zach Plezak note. And that reminded me to go look and see if Nolan might join that. I'm in order. You know, Gary Cohn refers to you as a great Sarah Langer. I'm sure you know. You know, I've been with the Mets a long time. Gary Carter, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Storberry. I read someplace, Oliver Perez is your favorite man. No offense to Oliver Perez, but I can never, I love Oliver, he's a great guy, but I can never ever remember saying to anybody that, that Oliver Perez was your favorite man. I mean, tell me. So the way that came about was, I mean, I grew up, my first Mets game was Mike Piazza's first game as a Met, May 23rd, 1998, against the game. Yep, exactly. And it was his shorts day. I still love the shorts. He was my favorite player for a very long time because he was, you know, the popular player, the big deal, all of that. And then the natural transition was to David Wright after that, of course. I also really liked uh, Toyoshi Shinjo back in the right. day. But when I really started going to games, 
um, with my parents, we started going to more and more games as it was clear that I really loved this. And I never wanted to be the person with the shirt on that everyone else had on. Everyone right. was wearing their David Roy shirts. Everyone had right. their Carlos Beltran shirts. And Oliver Perez was a pitcher I loved watching. <laughs> so I had an Oliver Perez, number 46. Yeah, I'm sure you remember in, 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 the, two, in the 2006 uh, LCS, he was on the mound when, when Andy Chavez made the catch in left field, you know. Yep. He's pitched the major 20 years. You know, they say this is about uh, 20 years. is a pretty good career for him, you know. He's still pitching, actually, in the uh, Dominican Winter League going on right now. I watched him pitch uh, last night for uh, the Estrella, so that's really awesome to see. So I heard our playoff game from my good friend Buster Oni. I know he's a good friend of yours, told me that uh, our game against the Giants in the wildcard game was a lot of consternation in your family. You were worried for, for the Mets, and your mom was a Giants fan. Yes, that is true. So back in 2016, I was still a rooting fan at that point. I wasn't in the role I'm in now. And uh, my dad, also a big Mets fan. And my mom will root for the Mets in any situation, except if they're playing her Giants. And she grew up a big Giants fan, of course, Willie Mays, Blaine McCovey, you name it. And uh, the family actually moved west right around when the Giants moved from New York to San Francisco. And that game, I remember getting us tickets, getting off from work. I was at ESPN at the time. My mother was just so stressed out that I would be upset, that my dad would be upset. And we're there watching one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time. And she's just stressed out. Another story I got through my grapevine, Bruce Bochy is a good friend of yours. Did you were yelling at the stands from him in uh, in Arizona, as, as Buster told me? Yes. So my mom, as I mentioned, is a huge San Francisco Giants fan. So we've been going down to Scottsdale for spring training every year since 2010. We went with my grandmother for the first eight years, and then now it's been she and I and my father. And in 20, I want to say 14, there was a game the Giants played against the Royals, who they would end up meeting in the World Series. And it was just a spring training game. You know, I mean, I love baseball, but most of these games blend together. (laughs) But my mom and I were sitting in the first row right next to the dugout, not in our own seats. We were just sitting there until anyone showed up to boot us away. Nobody did. And I was cheering and rooting for her team very loudly. And this is when the managers sometimes sit on the field during spring training. Not as much anymore, but back then they did. And at one point, Bruce Bochy turns around and just starts chatting with me. And we talked and, uh, you know, we asked my name, my mom's name, what I did at the time I was in school. And then the next day he remembered me. We came back the next year and he remembered me. And from there, you know, uh, we chat and it's really, I mean, beyond belief. He's a a good guy and everything. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Ted, tell me about you. We work with Buck Scholes or ESPN2. I didn't exactly cross paths with him, um, but I know he's very aware of, you know, the great ESPN baseball community, and it's so great to both be, uh, you know, part of all that. So let me just go back to October, if I can, with you. You know, you announced on Twitter that you have ALS. How hard was, was it with you to make that announcement, uh, you know, on, on Twitter? You know, it was much harder to think about making it than to actually make it. You know, I've been dealing with this for longer than just that day or that week. And it had gotten to the point where I felt like I was sort of hiding something. And I really wanted to get the chance to make an impact with fundraising for ALS research and anything else. And I wasn't going to be able to do any of that unless I shared what was going on. So even though it was certainly a stressful moment, it was a lot of relief just to put it out there to fully be myself and not feel like people are judging me. I mean, they still might, who knows, but at least know that they knew the context. Mike Tevan and MLB says you're working with, with them on the Luke Eric celebration on July 4th. To tell me about that, this year. Yeah, so Luke Eric Day, this will be the third Luke Eric Day that MLB has put on. And I'm really excited to be part of the committee. You know, we're really just starting to get going with figuring out what it's going to look like. But, you know, I can't take any credit at this point, but... And there is a great group led by Adam Wilson, Chuck Haberstrow, uh, Chuck Green, no, excuse me, Phil Green, and a handful of others who have done an amazing job putting on this day twice. And I'm really excited for it to continue to take more of a foothold. I just think Lugerg is such an important figure in baseball history, and baseball is such a specific link to this disease and can really make an impact there. And you're going to be honored this it's a, it's a writer's dinner in the end of this month gotta be exciting for you too huh it is but i'm not good at being the center of attention and the know. idea i mean i'm going right. to be on the dais do not big aaron judges and i'm going to well, be near him i mean well, i can't imagine well you 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 you, you know you'll you know you'll, you'll you'll do great uh so tim i know you you have shirts made up to help Rage Awareness Project ALS. Tell, how can the people listen? How can they get the shirts? And how, how do you go about doing that? 
For sure. So uh, this was actually a surprise to me when it first came about, but uh, Pitching Ninja Rob Friedman worked with uh, Kenny at Rotoware to put together a shirt that says baseball is the best, which is a thing I say a lot. And then it also says end ALS. And the proceeds from those shirts are going to Project ALS, which is the first organization that was founded solely for the purpose of ALS research, trying to find a cure. How do people get it? So you go to rotoware.com, is R-O-T-O, where W-E-A-R, Dot com, And if you search on there under baseball, they have those shirts and they're very soft. I have to admit, I mean, that shouldn't matter here, but they're great shirts and they're really good quality as well. well. It's, a, it's a great quote. Let me go back to baseball a second. Do you, um, you went a long time in between seeing Mets wins. <laughs> what, was it 10 years? Do you, do you ever think you were a jinx or were you, you know? <laughs> I did. I we didn't win a lot in those days either. No, but I mean, there was an entire playoff run. There was a year where the Mets were the best team in baseball in between. So my first game was May 23rd, 1998. They won that game against the Brewers, as we mentioned. And then we went to a handful of games in between, uh, really starting to ramp up and go to more games. Around 04, 05, 06, of course, went to two games in the playoffs. We went to game two of the NLCS and then game seven of the NLCS in 06. And I did not see another win in person until May 13th, 2007. I don't know what you think. For me, Carlos Beltran has never gotten his due. That was one of the most hellacious pitchers I've ever seen. You know, I always kill Kid Cliff Floyd. Cliff, why didn't you bunt? You know, he's up in first and second and nobody out. He, he should have bunted. Tell, uh, tell me what Carl Ravitch and Buster have meant to your career. I know they're big supporters and anything that you do. I mean, they've meant everything to my career. I don't think, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if not for the two of them. Buster was the first person to give me a platform beyond writing, you know. When I was at ESPN, I was a researcher. I would get chances to write for ESPN.com occasionally. But Buster was the person who reached out to me in 2007 at the beginning of the year and said, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? Maybe we'll call it something like the numbers game. And here we are, and I'm talking to him on the numbers game tomorrow, and this is January 2023. So that has been absolutely amazing. And Carl, very similarly, I mean, you know, I was his researcher on Baseball Night, and I just feel so honored that he has believed in me, trusted in me to work with him in these incredible events, but also just to trust my aptitude for the game, my thoughts for the game rely on me. And so many others see that from the two of them. And I think that's how I am where I am now. Buster told me you never send out any negative notes. They're all, they're most of it, is that true? Is it, I mean, you, you try and be positive in the stuff you send out. I really do. I mean, one of the more negative was that Aaron Nolan note you made reference right. to earlier, because that being on the losing end of no hitters, which certainly isn't ideal. But yeah, I mean, there's so many numbers out there. 
yeah, sometimes we have to talk about a team being no hit, but, you know, I'm not going to be the one to be going overboard about the numbers from, you know, when Chris Davis of the Orioles got off to a really bad start at the beginning of the 2019 season, things like that. I mean, I understand those are important, and certainly I'm not trying to obscure anything of the game, but I just want to show people why it's so wonderful, and negativity doesn't really do that. What was it like for you to be a part of the first all-female broadcast on MLB? You know, that'd be a big thrill. Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, I didn't realize there hadn't been one previously until we started getting asked to do media availabilities and talk to people, and it was being framed in that way. But, I mean, Melanie Newman is such a star, and Alana Rizzo is such a pro, and the ability to work with the two of them was just amazing. And everyone, we had Heidi Watney and Lauren Gardner on the pregame show, and just being in the same sentence with all of them was really, really incredible. And if you know, you and I are going to be working together in March. I'm the press officer for Team Israel, and I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, I, you know, I was a regular PR guy for 38 years, couldn't break away. Now I have a little more free time. So I guess we send you notes every day. And one thing I'm petrified of, when I first started typing my notes, Sarah, I was using an electric typewriter with whiteout. I remember one time I'm in Chicago. I must have gone through four bottles of whiteout. And Dallas Green is hovering above me, the big bear of a guy. I, I, I said, Mike, I can do this job, but I can't type notes anymore. He said, no, no, we can send them to Sarah, and she'll take care of you. So I can send it my gobbledygook with my typos, and we'll keep you up to date on your team. Israel. Look, you know, A&K is a man. You're really looking forward. Did you? I've never been a part of that before, and it should be good. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I've been a huge fan of the WBC since it started. I'm really excited to get to go to some games and see teams. I mean, I loved what Team Israel did last time around. I was still at ESPN. I was writing stories about them. Very excited about the mentor on the bench and all of that. So I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, played an Olympic team as a manager. My friend John Blake says he's a good guy, so I'm looking forward. You're looking forward to uh, working. Where, where are you going to be based out of, Sarah? Do you know yet? Or... Um, I don't know yet. I'm sort of trying to decide if I want to go watch the U.S. team in Arizona or if I want to go watch Team Israel and that Dominican Republic team in Miami. But then I'll be in Miami for the uh, the end of the tournament, for sure. Tell me, I don't, I don't know. I didn't very – was this your note or about the uh, – um, the uh, the Max Fried to Alex Bregman to Jock Peterson note the first Jewish kid I don't know was that was that you or was that somebody else that wasn't me but I love it I love that okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Give me one of your, what's your other favorite note? Is it one favorite note that you did? 
So one of my favorites that I always like to mention was back in May of 2019. There was a game where I mentioned my mom's a big Giants fan, so I'm very aware of the San Francisco Giants. And they had a game in uh, Cincinnati where they were losing big and uh, Pablo Sandoval pitched the bottom of the thing. And, you know, I think he faced four guys, but he didn't allow a run. Earlier in the game, he had hit a home run. And then I believe in the ninth inning, he got a stolen base that, you know, maybe it was defensive indifference, but they called it a stolen base. And I'm sitting there and I'm wondering, how many guys have hit a home run, had a scoreless inning, and stolen a base in the same game? like that. I mean, seriously. So I called up the Elias Sports Bureau and I worked with them. And of course, I'm sure you know them very well. Bob Woodham is a genius too. They're wonderful there. And they helped me find out that only two guys since 1900 have had a home run, a stolen base, and a scoreless outing in the same game, at least as of then. And it was Pablo Sandoval. And then Christy Mathewson in like, wow. you know, the early 1900s for the Giants, also against the Reds. It just so happened. And of course, he threw a shutout, not one inning, but still, I thought that was really, really fun. Another tip about you or my friend tell me, you always write thank you notes. In this day and age, we so commended. I mean, who's, who says thank you this day? You know, not to be a pessimist, but very few people say thank you, you know, and that's dripping. You, you try to do it everything that you deal with it, thank people. I really do. I mean, uh, you know, they're not handwritten. They're usually emails or texts, but I really want people to know how appreciated they are. And especially in this industry, I want them to know that I don't take any of these, I take none of these moments for granted. You know, I don't take for granted that I'm here getting to talk to you, getting to oh, talk I'm about baseball. To I'm honored to speak to you, you know. I, you went to school. Did you go to school for the you went to the University of Chicago, right? Did you was this your dream to it being basically this is what you wanted to do? It was. I mean, I couldn't have dreamed what I do now, and I didn't really know that being a researcher existed, but I knew I wanted to work in sports. I was pretty sure I wanted it to be baseball, which was always my favorite, and uh, I knew I wanted to write about it in some way, but I had no idea I would be talking about it, going on TV, doing any of that. I mean, it wasn't the goal, but it's incredible. Was your mom happy when we retired Willie Mays' number? Yes, we were watching together, and uh, she was actually here hanging out with me, and I was like, no, you need to come here right now. Yeah. It was amazing. I thought that was such a really cool you know, moment. The, 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 you know, because it, our own owner, Joan Payton, made a promise to Willie, mm-hmm. and we got a little flack for doing that because, you know, he didn't hit that well, but it was more about, what he did, Willie Mays, the legend, what he did to New York, and I'm glad we did. And, you know, in uh, it's 50 years ago this September that he retired. You know, and uh, it was a, what it made the old time. You get a chance to watch old timers game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Well, listen, it's been an honor for me to. I mean, I really have admired your work. For somebody who's failed algebra, failed geometry, you to do this stuff so quickly. 
not only was accurate, great notes, but it's like the event just happened, and boom, courtesy Samurangs, here we go. Thank well, you, you so much. I really, no, really good. appreciate I'm it. Be I will make sure I say hello to you, and you know, thank you for your time. Do me one last time. Give me the the shirts. So you can get them on the RotoWear website. That's R O T O W E A R dot com. And uh, if you click over there and hover over baseball, you'll see all the uh, baseball shirts, and it's on there. Again, Sarah, thank you for the time, and I look forward to seeing you at the end of the month. Thank you so much. Such an honor. I mind what you do with your work. Tremendous job. Thank you.